1: He 100% smuggled back edibles from Canada, Mr. Jordan Wahlberger. Jordan, I expect those gummy bears on my doorstep this week.
0: Eddie, we will get to that. But it is great to see you. It is great to be back. You can find us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. You can find me at Nonstop MMA. Eddie, let me tell you something right now. Uh, I was in Canada, and so I wasn't on the show last week. And so when I went to listen to the show, I said, oh, you know what's going to be great? I want to hear Eddie. I want to hear his thoughts on Francis Ngannou. I want to hear his thoughts on what happened uh, at at the fights the weekend before in North Carolina. What what a great recap that would be. Uh, I want to hear him uh, on the new fights that were announced. You got half of that. And, I mean, I got a minute of that. I mean... We just—I we, heard a record scratch right away, and then it goes straight. It goes straight to Stu, straight to Justin, and, and you, you you talk about wrestling, uh, you know ninety nine point five percent of the time, and uh, you did a dis- you did a disservice to me, and you did a disservice to our listeners.
1: Uh, I did a service to Stu's listeners, is what I did. I'm gonna say you did a disservice to our listeners. Uh, I by mean,
0: being in a foreign country. Yes, obviously, I would do a disservice. I'm not on the show. That's a disservice. To our listeners, but Eddie, when you're gone, you go on a cruise. I don't phone it in. I, I don't. I don't call Stu and say, "Hey, Stu, uh, let me let me let me talk wrestling with you." No, Eddie, it's because you don't know how to. Have fun. I put together a show. I put together a show. I get interviews. I make things happen. You, on the other hand, I don't know. It was. I was a little bummed style.
1: out. Yeah, I have a totally different style, and you should know this by now, Jordan. It's been eight years.
0: I, I thought we could at least, I mean, it was a big week. It was a big week in, in it MMA. It was not a big week. And then we just I mean, happened, you know. There nothing.
1: was like one, there was one bit of big news. The fights weren't huge. The fights coming up weren't huge. So, yeah. Also, leaving, trying to cover this with Stu is, um, would be a disservice.
0: Well, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you on that one. Uh, Eddie, yeah. let's, so uh, like, this well,
1: deserves the full Jordan Wahlberger treatment because he needs to crap on it. Or he will not get that out of his system.
0: Well, guess what, Eddie? You're gonna get it. You're gonna get it. You're oh, gonna boy. get it tonight, and I'm ready oh, for boy. it. Uh, so Where's I was in Canada, brother? and let me tell you, I uh, I don't know if I've ever had my hopes. So, so straight out, no edibles, right? I don't do that, Eddie. That's that's not what we did here. Uh, but They're I do. Not for you. But I do love Canadian candy, and I, I'll tell you, I, I don't know if I've ever been like so excited. It's been five years since I've been to Canada, and I have been waiting to go back. And there's these these. There's these grapefruit uh, sour uh, candies, like Sour Patch Kids, but they are grapefruit. They're citrusy. They're tangy. They're not gross like grapefruit. They're amazing.
1: And I think I've seen you, those. You have, have never, of, seen, but like, never seen them. You've never seen them.
0: Buckies, maybe? They've, you've never seen them. They're only in Canada, made by the Allen Candy Company. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go to this place. I'm, I'm excited. I saw the place as I was uh, driving in my Uber from the airport. I saw the place I was going to go get them. It was closed at the time, so I couldn't go that night. And I show up and I go the next day and I say, okay, hey, where are the, where are the Allen's candies? Where are the grapefruits? So they, they tell me where the Allen's candies are. I search, I scour the store, no grapefruits. They have cherries, they have watermelon, they have peach, they have grape, no grapefruit. I say, do other stores, do you have different inventory? Like, is that is that a possibility? Like, do, if I call somewhere else, are they going to be able to get me my grapefruits? No, they, they discontinued that. So, uh, Eddie... I I sadly came home uh, without grapefruits, without grapefruit gummies, and uh, I mean I did still buy a lot of candy, but I did not get the grapefruit.
1: Well, Jordan, I think uh, I think Big Top is still downtown.
0: They don't have it. I've been there. No, no, really? It's only in Canada. It is only in Canada. I've looked, and I have have tried tried Bucky's. Yes, have I tried Bucky's? Give me a break. (laughs) Uh, I have tried other grapefruit candies to try to see maybe 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 this will do, and it never does.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry, Jordan. Uh, Canada is a constant uh, disappointment. Well, it, it is uh, America. We should hat. all know this by now. So, yeah, uh, one thing I know this. When
0: I was there, so I was I was working with my with my real job, with my day job, and I was meeting with some customers, and they had gone on my LinkedIn profile, and they had seen this. They had they had found out that we do this, that we've been doing this. Eight, you, you mentioned eight years, and uh, they actually asked me if I would uh, jump on a podcast with them for their company. And so we sat down a video podcast, and uh, they, they tried to say, oh, my gosh, we have a professional here. I said, well, then, then you don't listen to the show. Um, calm, professional yeah. is not the word I would use here. And, uh, but we did. We, went, we had a nice conversation, and they, they asked about it. And uh, sure enough, we, we, so we, I, I, on, this, uh, on this trip, I plugged Fight Night here on 104.9 The Horn.
1: Nice. I expect to see our numbers jump up, and I get lots of Canadian customers. Uh, our, our Canadian
0: listeners, listeners will be, will, are going to go through the roof.
1: Yes, like hey uh, to our Canadian listeners, how's it going, eh?
0: Yeah, you can say that. Hey, boot.
1: Yeah, hey, so, hey,
0: yeah. This is what we're all about. There you go. All right, so so I, it's been two weeks since I've seen you. You look exactly the same. Uh, what, what what's been going on? Well,
1: aside from um, ignoring fights last week and talking wrestling. Yeah, I went to wrestling. Uh, AEW Dynamite and Rampage was here at the Moody Center.
0: So, Eddie. Who is the longest relationship besides your own family members in your life? Currently, yes.
1: I'm gonna have to
0: go with you. So not even a phone call. I don't even get a phone call I to knew go. You were a gone. text, a phone call. Hey, hey, Jordan, I've got an extra ticket. Do you want to go to AEW with me at the Moody Center on Wednesday night? Didn't even I, I have to get a text message with pictures from the event from you?
1: Listen, first off, I didn't want to leave out your son. I would need a third ticket. Also, we both know that you, with you coming back into town, if you came back into town, your wife wouldn't let you be out all night that quickly. All right.
0: Well, I was still gone, but the thought would have been nice, okay?
1: Well, I did think about it, if and that makes you feel better. And then you thought about somebody but else I, real quick. I immediately dismissed it.
0: Yes. Thanks. Thanks, thanks for that.
1: immediately. Yeah. Well, hey, Jordan, do you want to go see 311 on South Padre this weekend?
0: Oh, no. I, I've actually heard their one hit, so I'm good.
1: There you go. You're done.
0: Are you going to South That's Padre it. this weekend?
1: I'm going to South Padre this weekend.
0: Oh, good for you.
1: Memorial Day weekend in the hottest sand in the history of humankind. South Padre.
0: And they'll say, hey, I remember you. You were on the cruise with me.
1: That's right. Actually, they won't. I don't know. There was a picture. There was <laughs> a, close there, there was. was a picture, yeah. yes. Yes. Um, group picture. Um, but also, Jordan, over the weekend, Texas baseball and softball reminded everyone that they ruled the world. Texas baseball needed a sweep of number 6 West Virginia to win the Big 12 Championship. And what did they do? They swept number 6 West Virginia to win the Big 12 Championship. Nice. In what's supposedly a re- rebuilding-slash-up-and-down year, hoisting trophies. Women's softball, or um, <laughs> it's funny, in the selection show that they had a couple weeks ago, or last weekend, I guess. Um, you know, if you watch the like uh, March Madness selection show, They'll go to the teams and what was they, uh, when they're announced where their seating is and everyone celebrates. Not Texas softball. Those ladies were
0: pissed. Where are they going?
1: Um, they were seated like uh, 13th. Ooh. Which makes them, I guess, a, uh, number three. But the regional was here at home with uh, Seton Hall, Texas State, and Texas AM. m guess the NCAA wanted to rid themselves of Texans. But flash forward, like I said, you see the Texas women, they're upset. They're business-like. They are mad. There is not a smile in the whole house. They, they switch to a and getting announced. Cheers, jumping up and down. Everyone's throwing horns down. What happens when this weekend comes? Texas plays Texas A&M twice. Texas beats them twice. Silly Aggies. Horns go up. There we go. And goodbye. So the women will now have a Super Regional. Which you will be able to hear, I believe, on one hundred and five through the batch, while the men
0: are in the Big Twelve tournament. Nice, Eddie. Uh, while I have you here, I just just found my senior year. I uh, maybe I'll send this to you. My senior year uh, ID, right? And oh, wow. uh, if you look here, there is me on there. I don't know if you can see. Can you see it? What a nerd! So I, I think I'm wearing an NWO shirt. Uh, just so you know, and uh, I think the glasses are, are my dad's glasses that I that I wore just for fun uh, for my senior picture there. Uh, I don't, that was I, my next question. I don't I've never worn glasses. I actually uh, was trying to wear some glasses this weekend um, for we did a Marlon. I did a murder mystery dinner and, and it, the the outfit called for glasses. And I was blind the entire time. I could not see. Uh, my my eyes You're are just to too. Let's take good. the lenses
1: out, dude. Yes. My eyes are take, just take too
0: too dang good, Eddie.
1: But. Also, I don't think you want to give Marlowe ideas on how to murder you. Yes, well, because just getting rid of you and taking the uh, insurance money would just be like freedom for her. Yeah,
0: jokes on her. Jokes on her. She's gonna find out real quick. Uh, all
1: that insurance money was spent on MMA cards. Yes,
0: they uh <laughs> she's instead of instead of insurance we've got sports cards. So that's exciting. And chickens, and yes. chickens. And well they, they, those chickens are way, hers. How's the coop? I mean, Eddie, we're getting like, you know, 40 eggs a week, you know? I mean, I, my cholesterol going up, my uh my egg bill going down. So that's good.
1: Are you taking them to the farmers market or something what's no. going
0: on? I, I, I think we ate like 20 eggs on uh, over well, the we give eggs cool. out and everything. It's oh my just God. Well, we, I have we we are a family of five, Eddie, and so we yeah. had that uh, we had breakfast tacos one day. We had omelets That's another like eight
1: day. Eggs a, a piece. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, not, it, it wasn't in one setting, it, and we, we hard boiled some eggs. So,
1: well, you're talking to someone who doesn't like eggs at all. You so. you
0: do not like eggs, so well, I, do not. I Eddie,
1: prefer my uh, animals full grown before they're killed. There we go. Uh, Let Eddie, them live a life.
0: So there was events this weekend. Usually, we'd sit here, we'd talk about UFC, and we will get to uh, Mackenzie Dern versus uh, Angela Hill, but there was boxing going on, and there, and there was big boxing, undisputed boxing out there. Oh, yes. Lots Both of belts. Here at home in Las Vegas and abroad, uh, there was some, uh, some undisputed titles up for grabs. Let's hear about it.
1: And I was undisputedly out of town.
0: Where, 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 you know, you know, television actually still works where you were. Were you in Quero?
1: I was in Batesham, actually.
0: Okay. So, they, they uh, do you have TV there. You know that, right?
1: I was actually tried to watch, I tried so hard to watch Hady Lomachenko on my tablet. Um, but my mother was trying so hard to keep my attention and have a conversation with me. And gets to this point where it's like, I hear her talking to this side. I got the tablet over here. I'm barely, I look at her like every... You know, 30 seconds. It just didn't stop. I kind of got to see like the rounds 11 and 12.
0: So people are upset. Some people are upset about the decision, right? Lomachenko, they thought he did enough to get the win. Haney, in the end, gets the decision. I I don't have an opinion either way, right? I, I don't think it was a robbery. Uh, I think, you know, when it comes down, I think Brian Campbell says it best, right? You just have to win seven rounds, right? And whoever wins those seven rounds first. And and while I don't like all of the judges' scorecards, uh, I do think that, uh, you know, the fight could go either way. Uh, But Devin Haney, in the end, he defeats uh, Vasily Lomachenko. Uh, Decision win. Still undisputed champion at lightweight.
1: Yes. Yeah, and the thing is, Haney banked most of his rounds early. Okay? So by the end of the fight, when he especially got rocked in the 11th, you know, all the momentums on Lomachenko's side, all the um, all the stories on Lomachenko's side, all the uh, the adoration of the 35-year-old who's winning at the end, but it didn't make any difference because all those other rounds were banked. And then Lomachenko admitted himself he took round 12 off. You can't do that. Which
0: won. You can't do you that. You can't do that. It
1: reminds me so much of... Um,
0: Dominic Reyes Dom- from Dominic the second Reyes, yes. row. Yes, I know. I know where you go with these, Eddie. Yes. I know you too well. Well, hey... This
1: is why combat sports needs open scoring, Jordan. Yeah. You think if Lomachenko knew that realized that how close it was, he would have taken round 12 off. Now, I don't know what he had in the gas tank. He is 35. But if he knew how much how close it was and how close he was to losing this fight, you best believe he'd have been standing and banging and not taking round 12
0: off. Yeah. So that so that happened in Las Vegas. Across the pond in Ireland, Katie Taylor came out to a hero's welcome. Right. Uh, she was going up in weight. She's the undisputed lightweight champion. Am, am I correct here? 130 pounds, yeah. She is the undisputed champion there. She was going to fight the bigger Chantel Cameron for her undisputed super or light welterweight light. titles. So super she's the WA, champion, yeah. the WBC, the IBF, the WBO, the IBO, and the ring. That was like a Saturday afternoon. That one's, I can see, is a little bit tougher, uh, you know, being in the afternoon. Uh, but it was, you know, it's, I don't know if it was a surprise, right? Because Katie Taylor is very good, but Chantel Cameron also very good, undisputed, uh, a little bit like Canelo trying to move up against b um, you know, And try-
1: exactly and- like Canelo and b Yeah. And the thing is they have weight classes for a reason. And no one smaller than Katie Taylor, well, we, we shall see. Well, yeah, no one smaller than Katie Taylor can touch her. Amanda Serrano, undisputed champion, her own weight class, got whooped by Katie Taylor. But you move up, and that 10 pounds makes a difference. And this was a majority decision. So it was a
0: close fight. You can only do so much. So I, I, afterwards, I heard that Katie Taylor had said that she was, hey, I'll see you in the rematch. Which makes me kind of like question, like, are we going to see? And we know Amanda Serrano, she's fighting August 5th uh, on the Nate Diaz card. Nate Diaz, Jake You'll Paul be there, card. right? I, I, I think that's the plan. I've talked to um, MVP Promotions. And so I would, uh, I would like to be there. And that is the plan as of right now is to be there. Eddie. And make sure you grab two swag bags. I will not do that. If you want to go, if you want to get a Nate Diaz, Jake Paul, uh, you know you know, you know, you you want to. That's the best part. No, I don't. I I um, but no, so uh, I'll, I'll love to see Amanda Serrano fight. But does this put this in jeopardy that this fight, let's say Amanda Serrano wins, right? Does that put that fight in, in jeopardy now?
1: I don't think so because it's still a huge fight. It's still two undisputed champions. It's still two of the best that have ever done it. Um, now, Amanda Serrano losing her belts, that would put it in jeopardy, I think. Yeah. I bet you. But don't. when you have eight to ten belts on the poster, that's hard to hard to deny.
0: Uh, any anything else? I mean, I, I cannot be uh, tell you that I'm, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on uh, on Irish boxing and uh, the other fights. Conor McGregor was there, looking as jacked as ever. Uh, did it, you know they had the, the Celtic heavyweight title on the line? I did not. I, I don't know what the Celtic heavyweight title is. So I mean, come on, Jordan. It's obviously Sheamus. She-
1: Big old Celts. It wasn't Seamus out there? In the face. It was not. There, there, are, there are more Celts than Seamus. Oh, yes. man. Okay. Uh, Thomas Cardi defeated Jay McFarland by KO in the second to win the vacant BUI Celtic heavyweight title. Uh, one of those shots may have been to the back of the head, but, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah, it is what it is there. Uh, Eddie, let's talk UFC Fight Night 223. Mackenzie Dern defeats Angela Hill a uh, unanimous decision Man. all across the board, uh, 49-43 yeah. on a scorecard, 49-44, 49-44. This is what Mackenzie Dern needed to do to show that she still does belong, that even though like there's like turmoil going around in her how, in her life, she was able to kind of put that all back, and she was able to show heart, she was able to dig deep, and she was able to just put it on Angela Hill, who also very tough like most yeah. people would be finished it, by, in that fight
1: she took all that turmoil out on angela hill's face and what surprised me was how good Dern's stand up was because you know she's a jiu jitsu world champion kind of a prodigy and i'm still surprised that i don't see you don't see her working more with her offensive wrestling i thought you were going to say you're still surprised that domain. she
0: uh, that she speaks and she has a uh, a portuguese accent a brazilian accent even though actually last was,
1: time i heard her talk she didn't have an accent she was
0: born in in phoenix but still well not in, neither here nor there
1: Last time I heard her talk, she didn't have any accent. Okay. But still, the point is, I'm still surprised not to see any offensive wrestling, but her stand-up looked so much better. And we know that Angela Hill is an experienced kickboxer before she went into MMA. So to see her stand-up on par or better than Hill, or at least on par because you know you can't throw everything you want to against someone like Mackenzie Dern because you'll end up on the ground like that. But good enough to beat the – Ever loving crap on Angela Hill. Yeah. Who's kind of entered um gateway status. Well, uh, I mean gatekeeper status. she's
0: ranked 14th. I mean, she's like the gateway to the to the top 15. Uh unfortunately, I know Mackenzie Dern. she called out Rose Yunis after this fight. Well, I don't know if it's a great jump, right? Because like, but like mackenzie has been there, right? She has fought people right at the top. She's lost to Yan Shianan. She's lost to uh, Marina Rodriguez. But she has fought people at that at that upper echelon of the division. But this fight actually really won't help her much in the rankings, unfortunately, right? With Amanda Hill or Angie Hill being 11th, or excuse me, 14th, and Mackenzie Dern being 8th, you know, you don't get a big bump from uh, uh, from jumping up and, and beating her in the rankings. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I love the fight. I love the call out. Rose, we haven't seen her in a long time. We've talked to Rose since then, but we haven't seen her fight, actually. Uh, so I would actually... I've seen her movie, I, but not her fight. I'm okay with it, so... Um, I would love to see kind of what's next. You know, you got Verna de Jand- Roba above her, Jessica Andraj. We'll talk about Amanda Lemos and uh, and Jan Sheon later. And then there's Rose, and then obviously Carla's out on uh, on maternity. Uh, in the co-main event, though, you had Anthony Hernandez defeat Edmund Shabazian. Do you remember when Edmund Shabazian was this top prospect? He was eleven and zero. Kind of a wonder kid. He Had a, a you know these. Three first round finishes in the row, Charles Byrd, Jack Marshman, Brad Tavares. You gotta go back to two thousand nineteen, all three of those fights. Then since then, he's four of he's lost four of five to Derek Brunson, to Jack Hermanson, to Nasardin Imovov. He defeated Dolce Lung and then he loses to Anthony Hernandez, who who finishes him in the third round a minute into it.
1: Yeah, Shabazian looked great in that first round. But after that, man, and they call Anthony Hernandez Fluffy. Yeah. Um, after that, Fluffy just took over and whooped his butt.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You think back to him. I mean, he's the guy that submitted Rodolfo Vieira a few years ago. Rodolfo Vieira, uh, ADCC champion, a guy who should not be getting submitted by an Anthony Hernandez, who uh, I think at the time I want to say he was a he was a brown belt in uh, in BJJ. Uh he should get his black belt right there for, for submitting Rodolfo. But for him to be able to do it on the feet and on the ground in well, yeah, these fights. almost got submitted too. This is, uh, I mean, it, it's really showing that uh, Anthony Hernandez is continuing to grow. I mean, he does have some bad losses. Uh, Kevin Holland, a lot loss of losses to Kevin Holland, so that's okay. Marcus Perez, though. Uh, and so, you know, we'll, we'll be interested to see kind of what's next for him. Uh, Lupita Godinez, she defeats Emily Ducati. Uh, But I want to go to those first two fights, Eddie. On the uh, on the main card, you got Walking Buckley. uh, I mean, the head kick that he landed on uh, on Andre Fiala, then then like the exclamation point shot where like the ref already like touched him. I I was like, what is happening? Like, where? Why is that not a bigger deal? But then like the the commentator was saying like, oh, they he he hesitated a little bit, but like he clearly like touched him. So I'm not sure exactly what happened there.
1: You touch him, but normally the ref literally like pushes people out of the way. Yeah. And when you're already kind of in the in the mind space of winding up for that one last one because nothing's happened yet, it's hard to stop. Uh, ask Michael Bisping. Um,
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if Michael Bisping remembers that.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, but um, yeah, man, that was that was a great kick. I heard someone say that oh it was kind of uh, iffy because it happened after a break, but there was plenty of time between them breaking up, uh, between the ref breaking them apart. And yeah. that kick. So that was there was nothing iffy about that kick.
0: Yeah. That I mean, unfortunately, that's three losses in a row for Andre Fiallo, who a guy who was like a hot prospect a little while ago. He was someone that fought uh he fought April sixteenth, twenty twenty two. Well, first off, he fought in January, lost to Michelle Pejada of twenty twenty two. Then he fights in April of twenty twenty two, uh and he beats Miguel Baeza, who was another prospect, and then he fights on May seventh of twenty twenty two, and then he fights on June eleventh of twenty twenty two. That was a guy who was just like active and, and getting into it. So, uh, you know, another loss for him, but a, a big win for Buckley, obviously. We fought, he fought here. Uh, did he, he won here. And then since then, he's lost two in a row.
1: Yeah. And, um, and going down in weight is going to be a big deal for him.
0: Yeah. That'll be interesting. You
1: know, yeah. He said in the, uh, in the cage afterwards that at 185, you know, he was kind of picking out a little bit, eating pizza and burgers and stuff. And now he's uh what do you say, running hills, running mountains or something? Um he's take, he's taking his fitness much more seriously. And his power apparently does translate well down does translate down well.
0: Yeah, I mean took care of business. The last fight I want to mention is uh, Carlos Diego Fajeda uh, snapping a three fight losing streak. And oh like not only I mean, like stopping it, just like dominating fashion and then like just just cradle, little little cradle on Michael Johnson, making sure he's okay. That was that was Dude, nice Michael and sweet. Like Johnson
1: that. was out. So cold. I mean, just to watch him fall down and watch his legs cross and his foot just like cramp up. Seriously, I was watching. I got to see this one. This sounds sad, but sitting in my sister's hospital room. And yes, I had my ESPN Plus up on my phone. Because that's the kind of big brother I am. Yeah. But um, yeah, even my mom and sister thought that was a a hellacious. uh, Oh man, it was rough,
0: so. Uh, but yeah. Michael Johnson, a journeyman, he's been in the UFC for so long. You, th- you think back, I mean, and he's fought really everybody. I mean, he has a win over Dustin Poirier in Hidalgo, Texas, of all places. I remember that one. But remember, he's—I mean, he's been in, in the UFC since 2010, which is crazy to think. So,
1: and didn't he just say that he was uh, trying to get his uh, one final push?
0: Well, unfortunately, that's that's uh, uh, not going to be the way to yeah, do it. So. That that is done. Yeah. Uh, all right, that is UFC Fight Night 223. That is Taylor versus Cameron and Haney versus Lomachenko, and the reunion between us guys. You're listening to Fight Night right here on 104.9 The Horn, HornFM.com. Air hugs. We will be right back.
1: It's what's up with that? Woke up this morning and I got out of bed, had a big old cup of
0: coffee to clear my head. Been home for a while and that's where I'm at, but we can still jam on what's up with that. What's up, with that? What's, up with that? What's 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 up with that you yeah.
1: Woo oh, oh. yeah. Welcome back to Fight Night on 1049 The Horn and HornFM.com. I'm Eddie, that's Jordan. And, Jordan, I mentioned it earlier, but I've got the times now. Texas softball plays at Tennessee in the Super Regional. Friday at 3 p.m., Saturday at 2 p.m. Sunday's game is TBD if needed. Men's baseball is in the Big 12 tournament Wednesday and Thursday. That will continue through the weekend. We'll see how that goes. But, by the way, we haven't talked since the Spurs hit the lottery. I need you to understand that your Lakers and your Clippers are in for another 15 20 years of the Spurs dynasty, see this. See this, see this hand. This is the number of rings we got before. This is how many you we expect we'll get again.
0: Well, first off, I, I don't like the Lakers. Uh, I do like the Clippers, the Clippers, but I do go to I mean, I, I went to a lot, a lot of, of Spurs games this year, and I'll be honest. Uh, Jeremy Sochan, good player, Devin Vassell, underrated, uh, Keldon Johnson. You add Victor Wembanyama into the mix, they're going to be a good team. And what if they could get someone like a Chris Paul type, right? Who could feed the ball to him, who's not going to be like, who's at the end of his career, but could just help Wemby kind of get in there and learn the game and like have someone who would just pass to him. I think it could be a really fun team to watch. So uh, I'm looking young forward. Young free to
1: agents it. are going to be flocking.
0: There's not free agents. This is a terrible free agent year. That's the problem. And the Spurs yeah, have the, so yeah, much. Not it this is. Year, like this but the year. Spurs have so much free agent money and they have, uh, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I'm excited. Like, I don't expect much this first next year. Okay, I don't put too much stock in rookies, but years two through eight.
0: Hope I hope he stays healthy.
1: Yeah, he is quite, quite skinny, but uh, dude, that kid's his skills are ridiculous. You shouldn't be able to do that. What is he? I can't. People can't decide if he's seven three, seven four, or seven five. I'm like either one is just nasty. It, it's ridiculous. All right, Jordan. But while you were gone last week, you, you, to do, you didn't get to do this, and I wanted to hold this out for you. So now is your chance to crap
0: on Francis and Gano news. What's up with that? Yeah. So Eddie, uh, I was gone, and I listened to you and Stu and Justin talk about this last week, and 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 you brought this up, and all of a sudden you're talking about Ric Flair, you're talking about CM Punk, uh, comparing it to Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, and who knows what else. What what is happening? Okay. okay, Eddie? okay.
1: Hang, hang on a second. I compared it to Kurt Flood, who basically ushered in Baseball Free Agency. Is that kind of revolutionary deal. And Ric Flair, who left WCW or left NWA to go to WWF and still had his belt. I also should have mentioned Medusa Michelli, who left WWF to go to WCW. Yes, more wrestling. That's, that's what we
0: wanted. More yes. wrestling to talk about. Okay, so Eddie. Well, it let, was a wrestling show. Let, let, yeah. me tell you, let me tell you my thoughts. This is unequivocally... This is unequivocally great for Francis Ngannou. Here's the details: It's only two or three fights. He's guaranteed a high seven-figure purse for each fight. He gets a split of the nets of the net profits. Uh, he's going to be on the super uh, heavyweight uh, league. He's going to be on pay-per-view. He signed a signing bonus, and uh, he's going to be on salary. He's going to serve as a brand ambassador for the PFL, uh, including PFL Africa. Uh, they have the right to his own sponsors. He is non-exclusive, so he can box. Uh, there's no champions clause or other extensions. And this is great. He negotiated that his his opponents will have a minimum salary of at least two million dollars. He'll, he'll also be on the board uh, and he'll represent the fighters. Which is these are the things you know. Besides health insurance, these are all the things that Francis Ng- Ngannou was lobbying for in the UFC. Yes. Um, he won and,
1: and PFL says fighters first. So
0: he this won. Is proving it. He got exactly what he wanted. And this is only for MMA. And we should hear about boxing in the next few weeks. And, and what I think this really comes down to is this is not just Eddie about money, right? Because Francis, he could have potentially made more money had he signed the contract uh, that he was offered in the UFC had he kept winning. Uh, but he would not be able to box. And that would have been the problem. Uh, and he'd been locked in long-term too. He, he would have been locked in long-term. Uh, so he had said that, you know, he was offered that $8 million plus pay-per-view. He's probably clearing eight, you know, 10 million, eight figures to fight right. John Jones. But His I think coach this, came said out said it was
1: going to go back down. It, if afterwards. he lost,
0: yeah. if he lost, it would go back down. His coach had said that, hey, if he lose to John Jones, then it goes back down to a, a normal contract. As he stays the champion, it's still, he, so he probably could have made more money in the UFC. Yeah.
1: I don't think he's going to get eight million dollars to fight the next guy.
0: It was that was that was the deal. I, I I I know that was the deal. You are incorrect. So that's that is the deal that was made. That if he kept winning, he would keep that same contract. And so uh, it's not about the money, that, that that's what we're saying, right? It's not just right. it wasn't about, about the money. The money. It's yeah. there's a lot more to that. But let's go to the flip side. This is unequivocally bad for the PFL. Oh, now, is it? Now I understand that unequivocally is a bit strong, Eddie. But it definitely has the possibility of of being terrible for them. So last week, Justin was the only person on the show making any sense with you guys. When he was talking about ESPN, uh, that the UFC might try to show their weight uh, around with UFC, that could become a problem with the PFL. Both you and Stu are out there saying, hell, the UFC, they don't have a say with ESPN. How could they ever do that? Well, what did you know? The PFL TV deal, it ends this year, right? It ends in 2023. There's an option to extend it but it ends in 2023. Francis Ngannou, he did an interview last week with who? He did an interview with Errol Hawani, and then he went and did an interview with DAZN. Now, Jake Paul has a deal. That's where the Nate Diaz fight's gonna be. It's gonna be on DAZN in August. I wouldn't be surprised if the PFL actually does move off ESPN at the end of this year. Now, they could go to DAZN, and if you look at that, DAZN did some good pay-per-views, right? Ryan uh, Garcia and Tank Davis, they did over a million buys. Canelo 3 and Triple g they did over a million buys. So there is a potential that you could do uh, some good buys on DAZN. Uh, But like I said, right, the, the, the deal is great for Francis. Um, but if Francis is fighting tomato cans in the PFL, it's not going to change where the PFL sits in the MMA world. Uh, according to numbers, PFL made $22 million last year in revenue. So if he's making high figure, you know, high, I know they're getting money from from the Middle East, and they're they're trying to secure a round of funding for about two hundred and seventy million dollars, which is great. But if they made twenty two million dollars in revenues in twenty twenty two, and now their biggest draw is high seven figures, and they got to pay his opponent two million dollars, that's a problem. There's not a lot of money to go around to round out a card that you're actually going to want to go. And pay for it. Uh, and the question is, who is Francis going to fight, Eddie? MMA Junkie put an article out last week saying five, this is what it's called, five realistic opponents for Francis and Ngannou to fight. Have, have you seen that article? No. Okay, give me some names. Who do you think that are the, some of the names? Let's go that, ahead and tell me the names. Okay, number five, 39-year-old Junior Dos Santos. The two fought back in 2019 with Naganu finishing him uh, one minute and 11 seconds into the first round. On a five-fight losing streak, going back to the Nagano fight. Number four, the PFL heavyweight champion. Eddie, name one person right now in the PFL heavyweight roster. Just name one of them. Okay, not going to sell. You can't. Uh, Ante Delegia was the champion. He lost to Marcin Tybura back in 2015. Number three, 41-year-old Ben Rothwell. He's not, I and mean, he just fought in BKFC. Uh, he fought, you know, part of ways back in 2021. Number two, 43 year old Alistair Overeem. And number one, 45 year old Vai Cavallo for Fabrizio Verdum. Now, you could have someone who could leave the UFC and they could join him, but outside of John Jones, maybe Stipe, who he's already beat, who is going to get you, Eddie? Which one of those five or someone in the UFC is going to get you to open up your wallet and pay? $50 or $60 to watch a Francis Ngannou drubbing uh, of him in the PFL.
1: Jordan, why don't you instead tell me how you know so much more about the PFL's finances than their own people? Oh, I, I love that. Do, you know, it, who, do yeah. you know who owns the PFL, Jordan? Uh, Alex Rodriguez? You know, how, you know how many high-profile venture capitalist firms, yeah. including the firms that own your Dodgers, Yeah. owners of the Washington Wizards, Capitals, Nationals, and these are separate people. Owners of the Pittsburgh Penguins, yeah. the creator of League of Legends, creator of Beats Audio, Kevin Hart, Alex Rodriguez—like you mentioned—you don't think they know how to sign athletes? So what we're saying is, are they're, they saying they're—they're they're
0: too big to fail. Is that what we're saying they're—they're they're too big. I think we've they heard know this before. To do business, we've heard I think this before. They know-
1: they Betty? know how much money they have coming in, and they know how much money they have going out, and they know how to handle this. Now, this is this, a gamble. This isn't affliction. Back in 1997, or whenever that was,
0: when they're this paying guys way too much. The problem is, though, this that's is great. Very different. I understand that they can pay them, but what's going to happen? Why? What's going to make you buy a ticket? Or what's going to make you Dude, buy the every
1: high-profile? Every high-profile signing is a gamble. Yeah.
0: Yes, you're right. They're gambling but This is the that biggest they one. They know
1: that they know what they're doing, that they have enough money to handle it, and I think they know more about their finances than we do. Everyone on MMA Reddit and MMA Twitter all of a sudden has a sports management degree, and all of a sudden they're in the boardroom with the PFL guys, Have you seen the the ownership list? Have you
0: seen the people in management? It's like a who's who. We've seen venture capitalist companies go out of business. We've seen big banks go out of business that are smart people that have a lot of people in the room that are, uh, like you were saying right now, they're too big to fail. I I get it. I never said
1: they're too big to fail. That's exactly what you're saying.
0: These guys know what they're doing.
1: I'm saying they know what they're doing more than we know what they're doing. So if they're taking a risk. I believe they know what the risk is. You don't think all these capitalist uh, investors? You don't think they want to make money? They do. Around, but you have you think to they're just throwing around money. You money have to because bet having, big to
0: win big. But there's yeah. inherent risk, Eddie, yes, with betting big, and, and that's why I said unequivocally like this, is probably like too this, strong. Throw it away. Unequivocally is too strong, but it has a chance to go terrible. None of the people that Everything I put out there is two to three fights, Eddie, and the timing to get a big UFC free agent. Is not it doesn't really work out on the time frame, and all those guys I just look, mentioned, man, not if you one of you. Look at how
1: much money that Francis Ngannou is guaranteed. Let's say we say it's high seven figures, right?
0: Why do you keep talking about Francis? Francis is great. He's gonna yeah, do fine.
1: No, well, that's you're, you're saying this. We're talking about this deal. If you're saying he's guaranteed the high seven figures, let's just say it's ten million a fight, okay? Let's just say that's and not high seven figures, got,
0: but that's okay. That's pretty. That's high. low eight. That's low eight figures, but it's still
1: okay. Fine. Um. So. We'll call it nine ninety nine ninety nine ninety nine. Sure. We'll call it ten million. So if he's taking two, maybe three fights, so let's say on, on the low end, he's getting twenty million, high end thirty. Over what, a couple years? Okay. His opponent's getting four to six million. Okay. So let's just say thirty six million over uh, three years. You don't think they can handle that?
0: Sure, they can handle that. But what is it doing to the revenues? And if it doesn't even cover the cost. It was a mistake. If there's not enough, if there's not 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 a big enough number.
1: We're not used to, uh, because it's Dana, we're not used to them promoting these things correctly. And I think with all the uh, guys that they have in this, they know how to promote it. And they are betting. And yeah, it is a gamble that they can promote it and get their money back. These people are not just out here tossing around money for fun.
0: It's fun, they are tossing around money, and it is fun, but what they're trying to do is they're trying and I think John Nash put it best. these guys are desperately trying to prove that they are a billion dollar sports entertainment company, and then they're gonna sell it. They're trying to build a business up and so they can sell it this is it's it's great, oh, hey,
1: but they got to build it up first.
0: I understand that then that's why you they're getting out the money
1: partners. Part owners of the Dodgers Venture Group, you think they don't know what they're doing?
0: I think that the, I look at the Dodgers roster, right? And I look at all the bad buys that they've they had. Dodgers roster. I mean, sure. We can, we can pinpoint. We can look at any of these sports teams. Bradley Beal, terrible contract right now for the Washington Wizards. We can sit and, and pinpoint all these different terrible contracts that they've put out there together. That doesn't mean anything. But it's a gamble. You're right and I'm it right. it's a gamble but they can and afford we them. Will, That's they, the thing. Sure, but is it going to move the needle? That's going to put them at a spot where they're going to be unequivocally the number two well, they've promotion. Got to,
1: they've got to make the mo- needle move, and that's what they have the got to. Is. But that's the, where but the I'm challenges. Saying, as opposed to most of MMA Reddit and Twitter idiots, they're not going to go broke. No, it's a gamble. Yes, but they're betting on themselves. The, as is Francis. Does it
0: does it improve? And they're not setting at the end. I don't know. We're going to find out. So
1: we'll find out. But they they're going to have to actually do some promoting and marketing, and we're just not used to. Uh, MMA League doing that, because UFC, as we will talk about, they just crap on their own fighters all the time. (laughs) So what's it going to be like when someone actually promotes this like they do boxing, you know, and actually get people interested in it instead of, like, crapping on their own champions? We shall find out. Speaking of which, Jordan, Dana is into it with another one of his own champions, and this time it's Aljamain Sterling, because when Dana doesn't want you to have the belt, he does not talk nice about you. What's up with that? Yeah, so Aljamain
0: Sterling, he, uh, he said that, Dana said that at the fight press conference this week, he said Aljo is just one of those guys that can't get out of his own way. Talking about that, hey, he's in for the fight, but out he's now talking about his, his hand that he's got an issue with, trying to figure out kind of, hey, why would he say that he's in? Uh, and Aljo kind of goes back and says like, why can't you just support me? Why can't you come in and say, "Hey, this guy's going to show up." I know he just fought two weeks ago. I know he's got a hand injury, but I want to just say that this guy said he's going to be there. We know he's going to be there. He doesn't. He makes weight. He doesn't pull out of fights. He's a guy that we can count on. He's just just changing. Let's tweak a little bit how uh, Dana talks about his champions. I totally agree. He should do that.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, promoting people positively to make you want to see them fight.
0: It'll be a whole different world. I, mean, I think. I think but that's strong. Because wonder- that that is not that's Dana of post. WME? That's not Dana of old. They they used to promote hard back in the day, because they had because they had to.
1: Yeah, well, it, like I said, it'll be a whole different world because of what it is now. Like when Dana said Francis is afraid of a of a challenge or what did he say? He doesn't want to take he the risk. Doesn't want any risk. Yeah. He said the same thing about John Jones when John Jones wanted more money to move out to fight Francis. Yeah, he told John Jones so,
0: he should probably start moving down to one eighty five.
1: Yeah. So we Dana. They just crap on everything. All, all Aljo said was, "Hey, I'm getting my hand looked at. That's a quick turnaround, and it is a quick turnaround." Yeah, uh, let the guy, let the guy get it done.
0: Dana post WME. I mean, it's it's it it is what it is there. So yeah,
1: if you're not kissing his butt, you're you get another kind of brown nose because you're on his crap list. Um, If he thinks it's bad now, wait till Sean O'Malley gets a belt. That dude's really gonna cause him trouble. Uh, Now, Jordan, speaking of weird things that Dana has said. The BMF title is back, which we thought it would never be. What's up with that?
0: All right, so the BMF title, so the same day that Francis announced that his deal was going with the PFL, the UFC tried to take back some of the headlines. And now even though that the UFC said that the BMF title was a one-off, Dane explained that since Jorge Masvidal retired, the BMF title is actually up for grabs. And uh, the main event of UFC 291, of all places, is happening and Salt Lake City. So uh, I'm not even sure of you can say the word BMF in Utah. But it's going to be Justin Gaethje versus Dustin Poirier in a rematch uh, for the main event. In the co-main event, you have Jan Blachowicz versus Alex Pajada. Uh, he's moving to light heavyweight division. you got Paulo Costa going back to Salt Lake City to fight Ikram uh, Aleskarov. you got Tony Ferguson fresh off his accident. He's fighting Bobby Green. Michael Chiesa versus Kevin Holland. And, uh, and wouldn't you know, the best idea, you put Derek Lewis... He put some big old heavyweights up there. He's fighting uh, against, uh, who is it, Marcos Rogerio de Lima? And then you got uh, Steven Wonderboy Thompson versus Michelle Pajera. He also announced I was like, Do you think you're going to make it to Salt Lake City? Uh, no, but he also announced that uh, Aljamain uh, Sterling is going to fight Sean O'Malley with uh, Zhang Wai Lee versus uh, Amanda Lemos. Not sure why we're not doing Yan Shionan, uh, but that's where we are. So, uh, Eddie, let's take a break. Let's come back and finish the news, guys. You're listening to Fight Night right here. On 104.9 the horn, hornfm.com. We will be right back. Welcome back to Fight Night on 104.9 the horn and hornfm.com. Things got a little heated, Eddie, and uh, we had to pause. We had to pause and because uh, we went a little no, long. You were, you were so friends.
1: red in the face.
0: I was, you know, I, I get excited. Just, so, all
1: right. When you, when you hit the facts and they, they slap you in the face, you just get a little red in the face. Yeah, that's okay.
0: Th- that happens. That's all, right. Uh, all yeah, that's right. All right, let's 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 go back to the news. All right,
1: Jordan. Um, this will cheer you up. With tough starting next, the ultimate fighter starting next week, Conor McGregor may have finally flushed his system clean and might be entering the Usada pool. What's
0: up with that? Yeah. So the UFC and Conor are still planning on having him fight this year, but. Connor needs to start moving, right? Uh, if you look at the rest of the calendar, he's got to be in there for six months. And so if he starts now, he could fight in November. He could fight in December. Uh, so let's look at the rest of the calendar year. We've got the UFC going to Utah in July, Boston in August, Australia in September. Uh, they're going to Abu Dhabi in October. And then they're going to MSG in November. And they're going to be in... Uh, back in Vegas in December, so you think that? Uh, gosh, I would think that Izzy is going to headline the show in in, uh, in Australia. You got Islam that's going to headline the show in Abu Dhabi. Uh, John Jones, the plan right now for him against Stepe to be at MSG, and so that makes the most sense that Connor is going to be fighting in December. So there is still time. He's going to have an opportunity. He's going to be able to get there and fight at the end of the year.
1: Let's hope that Connor and Chandler can headline that. Because you know, if Connor's in it, it has to be a headliner. Yes. Right. What did they say? What date in December it is?
0: No, it's like I mean, I'm, I'm going to guess it's like the second week of December. That's typically when they do because they don't want to go up against uh, college football,
1: obviously. Oh, well, now they don't want to. Well, the college football, the college football playoffs. Me. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. I really wish they would load their schedule in the summer instead of going against them in the fall. Yeah,
0: All right, Eddie, let me hit you with some new fights. We got Jim Miller versus Jared Gordon. Uh, We got uh, Vince Pinchel versus Benoit Saint-Denis. You got uh, Kevin Lee coming back, fighting uh, Renat. He's coming at welterweight. Uh, Jimmy Crute fighting Alonzo Menafield. You got Paul Craig fighting Andre Muniz. Uh, Saeed Nurmagomedo fighting Kyler Phillips, Eddie. Dustin Jacoby versus Kennedy and And you got Tanner Bozer fighting Alexa Kammer. And then Verna Jandaroba versus Tatiana Suarez. That's a fun fight. I want to see Tatiana keep fighting, right? And then over in Tour, you got Logan Storley versus Brennan Ward. Uh, Guys, we are so proud to be the MMA show of Texas. Uh, Stay tuned. Sports guys talking wrestling. Stu Myrick, Justin Simmons coming up next. Follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Have a great week, and we'll
1: talk to you then. Keep safe, be nice to each other, stay positive, and love your life. If we ever didn't thank you, let us do it now. Happy trails to you, till we meet again.